What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. Another episode, well, this is the second episode of uh, Cocktails in California Politics. You're staying for the dog paw sound. Yeah, I don't, she's, she's kind of antsy right now. She can't seem to get comfortable. It's because her bed's not here. So she's trying to figure out, um, she's trying, <laughs> trying to figure out where to go sleep. So I put a blanket down. That doesn't seem to really be working for her. She's, she's a little bit of a princess. So the fact that she doesn't have her bed, she doesn't really know what to do with herself. All right. So, uh, any big news happened recently ever since the midterms, anything recently that I may have, that may needs to be talked about. So, um, this is the second installment of, uh, this cocktails in California politics, sort of an offshoot of coffee in California politics. Now we're doing this at night. Tonight's drink is Trace Tonio's Gran Añejo. This is really good. Um, this is kind of like, I, I love it cause it's kind of like a mix between tequila and whiskey. It's, it's very, very good. There we go. All right, so let's just jump right into it. Everyone wants to talk about Trump 2024. That's not really the point of this podcast tonight. Anybody who tunes in knows that I like to talk about California politics, and that's really kind of what I want to talk about tonight, which is why I made this uh, basically uh, quit whining and get to work. I wanted to call it something else, but I want to be a little bit more polite. Um, so, yeah, Trump is running 2024. I think we all kind of expected that. That, that that was coming and I think we all knew that that was going to come. Um, I think probably CNN is probably popping bottles right now because they're excited that Trump is back and that Trump is going to be running and they're going to give him plenty of stuff to talk about and plenty of stuff to, uh, you know, for the news. So, um, yeah, I think there's probably a lot of people in the mainstream media who are excited that Trump is back because they have nothing really else to talk about. Now, Instead of uh, talking about Biden and how bad gas prices are, they are going to talk about Trump and they're probably going to talk about his speech for the next couple weeks. So that's one of the things about Trump is that he does have a way of kind of sucking the air out of the room in terms of what's going on in politics. So probably a lot of people are excited that that happened, but um, that's not really why, I mean, if, if we get towards the end of the show, you guys want to ask any questions, um, for the audio listeners, I'm live on Instagram live. Um, so that's where I'm getting all these chats from. Uh, that wasn't really what I wanted to come on to talk about. I really wanted to come on and talk about this whole idea because I've been hearing a lot of people who've been doing lives, who have you know, a lot of influencers have been going live and they've been having people on, they've been having these roundtable discussions. Um, and, you know, I, we're going to have a roundtable discussion on Thursday. Uh, you know, sweet, innocent little Cynthia, who, you know, is my co-host. Uh, she's all fired up. So she's ready to go. And this is going to be like, this is gonna be fun. We're going to have a roundtable. Ray is going to be back. Um, uh, we're also going to get uh, Zach, who is the head of the Fed Up with Fletcher pack. He's going to come in. And basically, we're just going to spend an hour, an hour and a half ripping on the GOP apparatus in California and how bad has it gotten. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And I think we're going to really rip into him there and discuss, like, should there be new leadership changes? Should we get rid of Jessica Milan patterson uh, What needs to be done? Because this is unacceptable the way it is. You know, holding seats and not really flipping anything is not something that 
we should be you know popping bottles of champagne for this is definitely not what should be happening so well, that's going to be thursday night at 8 p.m live over on youtube as always but the point of tonight and i wanted to really talk about this because as i said i saw a lot of people going live talking about what happened in the midterms talking about this and that and blaming it and on it on everything and blaming it on mail-in ballots and voter fraud and all of that stuff and i'm going to get to that okay i'm going to get to the mail-in ballots and all that stuff and my thoughts on it and but I hear a lot of people talking about this, and a lot of people are obviously emotional, very emotional about what happened after the last week. There should have been bigger gains for a lot of people. It shouldn't have been. Um, it shouldn't have been a red trickle. It definitely should have been more of a red wave, especially in this climate. Um, and and this is something I thought of the other day. The biggest crime of last week is not that Republicans didn't win more seats because it's not all just about Republicans. It's more about the fact, and this is what really upsets me, is that after two years of Democrats having no problem ruining lives, costing the livelihoods of millions of people, setting back the educational goals and progress of millions of students across the country, and genuinely just taking two years of our lives, being lied to about the severity of everything. Now we're finding out more and more. Pfizer and Moderna are going to start looking into the bad side effects of what happens with their vaccine. Now you have NBC News talking about myocarditis, admitting that that's actually a side effect stuff that people have been talking about for years. The fact that this went on for two years and this is just COVID. Uh, forget that there's inflation. Forget that the economy's in the in the crapper. That this went on, and there wasn't a more resounding pushback by the American people. That's what really kind of upsets me. Is you let a lot of the Democrats off the hook that they did something that has never been done in the history of America. We have never seen such overreach by our government on the American people infringing on basic constitutional rights from freedom of speech to freedom of religion just the freedom of commerce of just being able to live your life and we didn't really punish them that's really what kind of bothers me and i think maybe it was enough distance between the end of the pandemic and everyone going back to normal everyone going back to school and everyone going back to work and all of this stuff there was probably enough time that people just forgot about it and that's the sad thing and I've said this before, six months to a year might as well be an eternity in politics. So you think about last year, this time, we were just sort of starting to come out of all of the lockdowns and all of this stuff, and they weren't really kind of requiring people to, um, you know, oh, you can only have four or five people over at your house for Thanksgiving or whatnot and stuff like that. Um, and it wasn't that long ago. And people just forgot and they let Democrats get away with it. That to me might be one of the most baffling takeaways from these midterms. That's not to say that Republicans just did not do a good job. And I don't think they did a really good job. Um, Republicans have a really bad problem with messaging. We've talked about this before. Republicans are absolutely horrible at messaging. They got caught up in the abortion issue um, with Dobbs being overruled or uh, Roe being overruled by Dobbs. Um, 
I don't think there was ever a good time politically for Roe to be overturned unless it was like right after the midterms they overturned Roe and then there's all that. But let's not let Republicans off the hook as well because there's plenty of blame to go around in terms of messaging, in terms of organizing, in terms of getting boots on, you know, getting feet on the ground, getting people to do stuff. And that's sort of the point of today's show. If you've ever seen that old, I, I say it's old, but it's it's probably about 10 years old at this point, is uh, it's not one of the original Rockies. It's one of the new Rockies where he's like an older guy. It's like the first one he did when he was old. It was called Balboa. I thought it was a great movie. I think those movies are fantastic. The Creed movies are great, but that's not, that's besides the point. I'm a fan of those movies. But there's a, a monologue that he says in that where he's talking to his son and you've probably heard this before, you know, and I'll try and do my, my best or worst Rocky imitation where he's like, oh, you just got to remember the harder, the more you get hit and keep getting up is how you win. Um, something like that. But basically it's no matter how many times, oh, it's no matter how many times you get hit, you have to come back and you have to keep gaining up and that's how you win. And right now, there's a lot of people who are basically just kind of thrown in the towel. I get it in my DMs. I get it on all of my posts. It's over. Who cares? Everything's going to be uh, everything's gonna be blue soon. You know, America's dead. America's fallen. There's no point anymore. And that's really, um, that's really the shame of what is happening here is that people are giving up. People are getting really despondent. People are whining. People are saying there's no way out of this, that this is it. This is all over. And I'm here to tell you to stop whining. Okay. Just buck up and stop whining. Yeah. If you're, you know, Republicans got their, got their nose punched in, I would say they, they got out of this, this fight bloodied and battered, but maybe they won on a technicality or they won on points. They didn't win. It wasn't a knockout blow for using Rocky terminology and analogies. It was certainly, they kind of limped into the 16th round, barely hanging on, you know, it was like, we're watching a couple seats here in California. Like, oh my God, are we actually going to take the house? Um, that, that's really kind of where we were going into this. And there's good things to, to kind of take away from this. I know there's a lot of people are going to be like, there's not, there's nothing good to take away from this. This is, this is all horrible. This is all really bad. I think let's start with one of the first things. And this is what I was looking up at the, um, I'm looking at the results right now. So if you look at the results and you've probably seen this go around, uh, the gap between Gavin Newsom and Brian Dolly is something that maybe people don't look at and say that is still a good thing. Um, 58 to 41, it got a little bit bigger than it was, but it still is one of the strongest showings by a Republican in the state of California in a long time since the governor. Um, it's one of the worst showings from Gavin Newsom. I don't know if that was because maybe people thought he was already going to win, so there wasn't really any reason. Um, but to me, that says something. A guy who had literally no advertising, he had no advertising and no backing from the California GOP um, in terms of 
anybody spending any money on this guy. The fact that they got a Republican onto the ballot for governor should have been cause for celebration to even go out and put up a fight, but they didn't really put up a fight at all. And let's let's face it, they every time we've had a Republican on the ballot, there hasn't really been a lot of push to even kind of highlight that there's a Republican on the ballot. Like you think about like John Cox, yeah, he spent a lot of his own money on it, which is probably why you saw a lot more commercials. Travis Allen did a good job. He was more of a grassroots guy. You can go back and really see that they don't really spend a lot of money when Republicans actually win. But that's a good thing to me. It shows that there is life and there's maybe people who are inclined to look for an alternate solution here in California. And the fact that a guy who most people didn't even really know uh, about or anything had such a strong showing, that's a very good thing. Uh, Let's see. I'm trying to think of some other things. It's not good that we held the the House of Representatives, a lot of these seats should have been flipped. There should be more seats flipped here in California. That's definitely not great news. Um, We did pick up a couple seats in the Assembly. It looks like we're going to pick up a seat in the State Senate. But you really have to start to look at the tea leaves when it comes to California. California is a big state, 58 counties, tons of cities. You have to look at the tea leaves of how things are going on the ground level. Because I think that's a better gauge of where things are in California rather than where things are going. Or if you just look at noodles and say, oh, well, noodles got elected. So that's it. We're done. Noodles is done. Or noodles in California is all done. One thing that like down here in San Diego is definitely something I, I, I've been keeping an eye on because it's my own my own uh, district or my own county. Dolly performed really well here. Um, I'm looking at uh, some of the other numbers. Uh, even Angela Underwood Jacobs, she performed really well here. Uh, let's see. Lonnie Chen, in his race, it was 51 to 48, so that's really good on his part. So there's a lot of races that here in San Diego that are very, very, very close. And that's something I'm trying to tell people is that if you look at these numbers, if you look at and you actually break down and see the, the um, little percentage points for a lot of these races, you'll see that a lot of these races are really, really close. They're not like out of, you know, they're not like blowouts, which makes you think, and this is sort of the general rule, if it's something under a 10 point sort of district, it's winnable, it's competitive, and it should be competitive every single time. And Republicans here should be doing a much better job looking at these districts and going, okay, This district last time, uh, the Democrat won by only four points. Four points, that's a huge opportunity for someone to go, okay, that many people showed up and voted for a Republican. Democrat who's in in power or incumbent right now, obviously not super popular. So we need to just get more people out or register more more people to vote. Uh, Let's see, I'm looking at some other results here in San Diego. Uh, You know, Jim Desmond was a big one. Another one that I thought was really big was John McCann down in Chula Vista. That's a really big one too. Chula Vista is a pretty large city here in San Diego County. If you don't know what it is, it's right there on the border. Um, it is a literally, quite literally, one of the closest to the border and has a large Hispanic population. And they it went for Republican by a pretty substantial margin. So to me, that's a huge win. Um, you have to look at these tea leaves, right? 
And you can't just throw up your hands and say, it's over, it's all election fraud. Now let's talk about election fraud because I know I'm probably gonna ruffle some feathers and people are gonna go crazy in the chat right now. Here's my thing about the whole election fraud. Until you prove it, I, as an attorney, I can't help but look and just speculate and say, oh yeah, it's absolutely, it's election fraud. Like what happened with Carrie Lake out in Arizona? People automatically said, well, it's rigged. It was, it was always gonna be rigged. Um, therefore it's election fraud. Maybe, you know, or it's possible Carrie Lake didn't do a great job in Arizona. Maybe trashing the McCains is a bad idea in Arizona. Maybe these are things that some of the MAGA candidates overlooked over in Arizona. Maybe it was a winnable race. Maybe there should have been more money put behind Carrie Lake, knowing that this is such a crucial state that if they want to secure it for 2024, they should have made sure that, hey, we probably should get the governor on our side so that we can start passing legislation to clean up voter rolls, uh, implement voter ID, all these things, and make sure that in 2024, we're not worried about all of these issues. So I can't stand this whole knee-jerk reaction of, it's election fraud. Automatically, it's election fraud. It's got to be election fraud. They stole it from us. Or... Or, and now I want you all to be sitting down. I want you all to be sitting down. Hopefully you probably all are sitting down. Or it was a bad candidate and they didn't run a good race. Not everything is automatically election fraud. Not everything is automatically just because of mail-in ballots. It's, there are a lot of reasons to look into a race and go, maybe they didn't do a good job. Maybe they just didn't do what they were supposed to do. Maybe there wasn't enough money behind them. Maybe they weren't a good candidate. Maybe they didn't have a good platform. Maybe they had a bad social media team. You know, like there's a thousand things you can look at and say, it's not always election fraud. It's not always going to be mail-in ballots. It's not always going to be they stole it from us. It could just be your candidate was not good and did not win the race. Nothing is guaranteed right? Absolutely is nothing guaranteed in any sort of political race. You know, everyone thought going into 2020, Trump was going to be a shoe in and that he was going to win by a landslide. Didn't happen. Everyone thought going into this Arizona gubernatorial race that Carrie Lake was going to steamroll over her opponent and it wasn't even going to be close. Didn't happen. So things don't happen and there are possibilities that things fall flat and it's not always election fraud. It's not always mail-in ballots. And this is part of the whole quit whining because at the end of the day, you can sit here and whine and whine and whine or you can get out and do something about it. You can get out and say, I'm gonna see what I can do to play the game and be better than the other side. And I like, you know, we, we're going from boxing to baseball analogies tonight. And this is something, the best way I could really kind of compare. I'm a big baseball fan. It's my favorite game to watch. So it's, it's kind of like if your team had a pitcher who only threw two mediocre pitches. Like a fastball that's kind of okay and maybe a all right changeup. And then you have the other side that has a pitcher that is can throw a 100 mile per hour fastball, they have a curveball, they have a slider, they have all this changeup, they have all of these things. 
And at the end of the game, you go, man, our pitcher got rocked and we couldn't hit anything off their pitcher. That's the game. The game is the pitcher can throw all those pitches. You didn't adjust. And so your pitcher never adjusted. You never got a better pitcher on the mound. Therefore, you got rocked. And here in California, again, I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of people, if, if there's a mass exodus to the, if there's a mass rush to the exits of my page and people are like, you know, don't, don't follow this guy anymore. I completely understand, but I'm just going to tell you the God's honest truth. I'm not crazy about what goes on in California with the, the, the voting either, but it's the game we have. It's absolutely the game that we have to play. Right, It's going to be a long time until you get to a point where you can say, let's figure out how to get rid of mail-in ballot in California. Well, guess what? You're going to have to make sure you get a Republican governor and a Republican majority in the legislature. How do you do that? Okay, you. A lot of people are trying to say, oh, we got to fix things up in California. Guess what? How do you do that? You don't magically just wake up one day and hope on a Hail Mary that you're going to elect a governor who's going to go in and clean the voter rolls. That's not going to happen. What you have to do is you have to make incremental wins. You have to win. It's a game of inches. And you have to say, okay, this cycle we're going to pick up three seats in the assembly or we're going to flip one Senate seat. Right? That's what you have to do. And then the next one, you say, okay, we're going to take three or four more assembly seats and we're going to take another state senate seat and before you know it slowly but surely you make those incremental games how do you make those incremental games i keep saying games gains gains you make incremental gains how do you make those incremental gains well you have to play the game and right now the democrats are playing the game with a cy young pitcher against a high schooler because you because people don't want to play it that way. And here's another thing to think about, just to play devil's advocate. Republicans love to show up on the day of voting, correct? They love to show up. That's the thing. Let's show up on the day of. Not, not faulting people who want to show up then. But there's plenty of opportunity to get everyone who's not voting to get their ballots in, to do the mail-in, to do the ballot harvesting, and get those votes in. If nothing else, think about it this way. Getting the mail-in ballots, getting the early voting in, what does that do? That prevents issues like when you go into a voter booth, like in Maricopa County, where you go into these voter booths and, oh, look at that. We don't have any ink. Or, oh, look at that. We don't have, uh, we don't have the code. Oh, oh, look, the power went out. Oh, a, a water pipe burst. It's almost like if they know that Republicans are going to show up on those days, guess what? They're probably going to, if you're a believer in that, it's all this, all this rigged election stuff. Guess what they're going to do? They know that they're all going to show up on election day. Guess what? They're going to screw with you on election day. How do you prevent that? You do early voting, you do mail-in ballots, which is here in California. You have to play the game. And Republicans just refuse to do it. And we have plenty of influencers who are telling people, don't go and do your mail-in ballots. Don't go and vote early. Show up in person. Make sure that you show up in person. To me, I actually like getting my ballot in the mail and dropping it off at a polling place because there's a paper trail. 
You go into an election booth, it's all electronic anyway, and a whole bunch of things can go wrong with that as we've seen in the past. So, with that said, two things. It's time to stop whining about every single thing and blaming everything for why people have lost, right? That's the first thing. Second off, now we need to start getting to work. And how do we get to work? Well, you have to get to work. Obviously, you have to increase your numbers. You have to get your numbers up because right now you're, you're just playing about two or three men down. A lot of sports analogies going on tonight. You know, it's like it, it's the best way to put it. I mean, it is a team versus a team. So that's really what's going on here. You're not going to win a lot of races when you're out advantage two to one by registered voters. So you do have to get more voters on your side. Now, how do you do that? Well, you have to put out a platform. You have to have a party that wants to actually go and put people on the streets, going to talking to people, going into areas that are not historically Republican and have people talk to the voters. Because right now, and I, I've, I mean, this is sort of on the national level and on the California level, if you're just playing defense and saying, well, we're going to guard this little tiny piece of red right here. We're just going to make sure this little piece of red because we don't want to go out. God forbid that we we go out and, and get out of our little comfort zone, go into these areas. We're afraid we might lose this little patch of red. That's not how they should think, right? They should think, where are voters that I can go in and start getting those voters? Where can I start chipping away? You don't have to get 100%, right? But if you start to get 20, 30, 40% of those voters, all of a sudden you're flipping races. You're flipping big races. And all of a sudden, you're building that grassroots bench of city council members, county supervisors, state assembly, state senate. That's how you start to build your bench, is these local politicians. So you have to get people who want to go out. You have to start registering people to become Republican. You have to start evening that out, that 25% of people who are out there who are independents. They have to stop being such a hard block just for Democrats, and you have to start increasing your numbers and well how does that work you have to have a message and you have to have a platform that people are going to start to buy into right you cannot be and i've said this before i'm a broken record on this you cannot be a party of no here in california you can't you just it doesn't work anywhere you it doesn't work anywhere across the country you cannot be a party of no you can't be a party of, I want to take stuff away from you. You have to talk to people and hit them in the pain points and explain to them your ideas. It's your ideas and you have to present it in a way that you now put the Democrats on defense. You can't just be the party of now because constantly Republicans are always arguing in a Democratic frame and they're always losing, especially here in California. So, with that said, I think I've been rambling enough. Um, I do want to leave time for comments because I'm sure there's probably going to be a ton of comments on this live. And I also want to take a drink of my tequila. So, thoughts, comments, what do people think about quit whining and let's get to work? There's going to be plenty of venting and there's going to be plenty of stuff talked about on Thursday. I'm excited for Thursday. Um, 
it's going to be fun. Like I said, fired up Cynthia is going to be fun because I, I don't think she's she's not going to hold back. And I don't think, you know, Ray and, and Zach are both very honest. So time to try something new. As in, it's time to try something new for our side. It's time to try something. It's absolutely time to try something new. That's for sure. Um, and there's a whole bunch of comments. Now everybody went quiet. Everyone has nothing to say. So let me see what everyone else is saying. I'll go back through the comments. Um, by the time we personally vote on election day, Dems have a greater head start. Exactly. Exactly. So this is something that we have to have. I, I don't know how you tell conservative influencers in California to stop telling people to not vote early and not do mail-in ballots. That is the entire game right now. Okay. And at least if you get those early mail-in ballots, you chip away at their lead because that's where they get most of their lead. But if a whole bunch of Republicans show up and dwindle that lead, it's a lot harder for them on election day to actually make up that ground. So you got to actually play the game and you don't want to leave to chance what's going to happen on election day because we, as we know, crazy things happen. Let's see. Don't worry guys, this is interdimensional chess. Need boots on the ground in minority communities. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. Um, I mean, that's something that I think like, you know, and I, I, I think that that is absolutely true. And I think that we gotta, there, there's no reason for Republicans not to be in those communities and talking. And again, you're, you don't have to win 100% of those communities. If you win 30 or 40%, you've demolished the Democrats because they count on huge turnout and huge numbers from, for those communities. And that's why I say like the fact that Chula Vista elected a Republican mayor is sort of something that has gone under the radar and no one's really talking about. That is a largely Hispanic community elected a Republican mayor by a wide margin. So what does that tell you? That they're that more Hispanics are breaking towards Republicans. And what does the California GOP do? N nothing. They don't care about it. They're they're like, don't worry about it. We we're not gonna we're not gonna like change our site to, you know, be translated into Spanish. We're not gonna put out Spanish ads. Don't worry about it. We're 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 just gonna hope they end up liking us for some reason. Did you see Robbie Starbucks post about conservatives? Oh, well, yeah, I did a whole TikTok on it. Um, yeah. So let's talk about that, about the whole Robbie Starbucks thing. And I, I, I do want to preface, a lot of people thought that I was like attacking people who moved out of California because they had to. I'm not attacking people who are have to move out of California because it's the best decision for their family. You have to do what's best for your family. That is by and far the number one thing that's the whole point of you have a family you're responsible your family god bless that's what you have to do um what i'm saying is politically it is one of the worst loser takes i've ever heard is let's just give up let's just give up let's just give up and if politically that's your take is that republicans or conservatives or whatever should just 
get out of blue states and run to the red districts. He was proven so wrong within 24 hours with what happened in Arizona. Because Arizona was a red state that people flew California to. And look what happened. Sooner or later, status come for you and they'll find you and they'll flip your state. And before you know it, it's out of control. So, and I've said this before, you don't, the reason it boggles my mind that conservatives don't put more of an effort to stop things in California as opposed to pointing the finger and going, ah, look at how stupid California is. Oh my God, they're spending a million dollars on a toilet. Oh my God, isn't California crazy? Guess what? All that stuff, all that craziness, it's going to come to your state pretty soon. Laugh as much as you want in those red states where you're comfortable and you pay no state income tax. Laugh all you want because in 10 or 20 years, California will be your state too. Just saying. And if you can't stop what they're preaching or what they're pushing now, then just give up. And if that's your attitude that it's not worth fighting for and that you don't have good enough arguments to beat back status or far left, uh, far leftist, then just give up now. There's no point. Why just give up the country? Just hand it over to the Democrats and the far left and say, okay, here you go. Uh, we'll just speed this up for you. We won't make it easy. You know, take it easy on us because we were such good little peasants. Um, that's my take on it. It's a loser mentality to to basically just say, give up on the blue states and just run away. Mm-mm-mm. Have open conversations with the working class, unions included. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, that's... I mean, the fact that there aren't more... There isn't more of a push... I mean, that is if there's any working class left in California um, by Republicans to just go after the working class and really hit home on the kitchen table politics. So I don't like the mail-in ballots, but you do bring up a good point about not waiting until the last minute letting things a chance. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it is a good way to look at it. You know, if I take the time and sit at home with my ballot and fill it out exactly how I want it, and I know that they have to take that ballot and put it through the scanner the way I filled it out, it's not going to go through some electronic machine that could malfunction or doesn't connect to the internet or all of a sudden a pipe breaks and gets all the electric, like all of a sudden you've kind of reduced that and you've guaranteed that like, I'm going to go drop off this ballot and they're going to count it. So I believe that people who live in deep blue district in California should absolutely stay in California, but perhaps move to a purple district to keep their influence in California as well as their donor money in California. Yeah. Yeah. I think like if you're in LA, I wouldn't say move to San Diego because I, I don't want more people from LA moving to San Diego. Um, but I hear orange County is beautiful. You can go live in orange County. I'm kidding. I don't want them to move to Orange County. People don't trust that their ballot will be counted somehow lost. The system is too flawed. No trust. Um, yeah, and that's that's a lot of, you know, it's it's kind of a double-edged sword. Because there hasn't been, there since 2020, there hasn't been a lot of things to really give people hope in their, in their, in the election process. Um, but, like I've said, conservative influencers are certainly not helping as well. They're not doing a good job either. They're kind of 
Conservative influencers are kind of feeding into the narrative and making it way worse by saying like every time something happens, you know, everyone's rushing to an Instagram live saying everything's stolen. Like that's not, that's not helping because you're now taking your base and people who are listening to you and you have this voice and you're now telling them basically to stop voting. And then when election time comes around, you go, okay guys, let's go out and vote. Guess what? You've been feeding them this, this line for years now that voting doesn't matter and it's all fraudulent. Do you think that person's going to show up and vote? Absolutely not. So focus needs to be on Gen Z next election. Yeah, I mean, Gen Z, for as much as they say, I think they said it was like one of the more conservative. Gen Z, uh, and Crowder made a really good point this morning on his show where he said, you have to point out that you were lied to. People instinctively don't like to be lied to. And Gen Z was definitely lied to about um, student loans and all that stuff, that that was gonna happen and you were gonna get your student loans forgiven. Um, Didn't happen, it's unconstitutional. They ruled it in court, uh, two courts, two separate courts. We'll see if it goes up to the Supreme Court, probably will. Um, But either way, the executive branch doesn't have the power to just forgive all that money. They don't, they, I don't know where they find that power. Um, but you do have to reach out to them and you have to make it seem like choice A is this and choice B is this. And that does involve crafting a better platform that does speak to people. Um, Ventura County flipped board of supervisors through two majority. There you go. See, that's a big deal. Huge deal. When you flip the board of supervisors from one side to the other, a whole bunch of things change. Happened here in San Diego. Once uh, Kristen Gaspar lost and it was 3-2 Democrats and you got Nathan Fletcher as the chair. Holy crap, then things change. Mm-mm-mm. Move to Canada. Yeah. Go run to Canada. Have fun in there. Let's see. Conservatives want comfort, not going to happen. I mean, and and agreed, conservatives sort of, their whole philosophy is, I just want to be left alone. I don't want people to bother me. I don't want people to get in my life and all that stuff. Status in the far left, they want to constantly be in your life. They constantly want to be engineering, social engineering your life and your children. Um, But... They take advantage of that. They take advantage of it. And then sooner or later, it doesn't matter what state you're in, sooner or later, they'll creep into that state and that state will fall. Colorado, not too long ago, was a reliably red state. And it wasn't until like Barack Obama came along and now it's a blue state. So Arizona has now gone blue in two successive elections. So just to give you an idea. California expats voting for their own demise again. Yeah, in different states. It's a good strategy to move out of a deep blue district next door to a purple district and try to flip the seat to gain more conservatives in our state legislature. But I think you should stay in California. Yeah, I mean, I think if you can, obviously if you can, oops, someone's alarm went off. Uh, obviously if you can, stay in California, right? That's the best thing. I But again, if you're... If you need to do it for your family, you need to leave. I completely understand. I don't fault you for that. 
But we also need to create more conservatives. We need to create more Republican voters here in California. Let's see. Oh, Winnie just heard somebody, so. No, go to San Diego. OC has enough people. What are you barking at, Winnie? Somebody outside? Okay, tough guy. Now she's going back to sleep. Go to San Diego. OC has enough people. No, there's enough people in San Diego. Don't come here. Go to uh, go to Riverside. How about that? Go out to Riverside. California slowly but surely. Well, yeah, I mean, we. I think we did better this election if you looked at the tea leaves than most people think. Could have done much better in congressional races, but... You know, it, it's gotta it's gotta start somewhere, and you gotta slowly move that needle. And slowly but surely, it takes several several election cycles to start doing it. Um, you know, good thing is we get every two years we get some sort of big election. Um, but we've talked about this before. The whole progress to purple idea. I think a lot of people would take California if it was a purple state right now, not a bright red state yet. Bright red would be a long time. But I'm sure people, if you said in five years, do you want it to be a purple state? A lot of people will go, I'll take purple in a heartbeat rather than dark blue. Um, what about those people who say not to vote for a GOP candidate to teach the GOP a lesson? I, I don't understand that. Like, you know, you got to be a little bit smarter. Um, the, this whole, oh, we're going to teach them a lesson because we're not going to vote for this person. Okay, that's, you know, literally, that's quite literally cutting off your nose to spite your face. That doesn't make any sense. And conversely, there is this whole thing of like, the Republican Party is in a weird place in California where they don't want to endorse any Democrats, but they could tell their voters to not vote for a certain candidate. So like, let's say in LA, uh, in LA City, um, they could have said they don't have to endorse one or the other. I don't think can a Republican Party. Someone might want to answer in the chat. Can like the Republican Party endorse a Democrat if they have to? They could say don't vote for Karen Bass, kind of implicitly saying like, well, go vote for Rick Caruso because he's going to be much better. Um, you have to be a little bit more strategic as well. Like sometimes getting the more moderate Democrat into office the dino I like to call them, the Democrat in name only, is way better than having the far left Scott Wiener guy in there or Buffy Wicks or whoever you want to name or Alex Lee. Like it's, it's sometimes it's better, um, sometimes better to get that moderate Democrat in there to hold that position until you can get a more competitive Republican. Um, California was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yep. Riverside went red in many places. Yeah, Riverside's very red. So there's a lot of counties up and down California that are very, very red. So, um, you know, that's always that's always interesting to me, how red the rest of the state is when you look at it. Lots of single-issue voters. Abortion had a bigger effect than most people thought. Might need to rethink strategy on this. Uh, yeah, abortion is never a good time. And, you know, it, it really did breathe life into Democrats at a time when they were floundering. And they, they had nothing, you know, like 
they didn't have the economy. They didn't have anything. Um, they didn't have anything to run on. So when abortion came along, every single commercial was pro-choice. I'm pro-choice. I'm pro-choice. I want to. I want to fund abortions. Blah, blah, blah. You know, like there was a the only ad I saw for a city councilwoman here in my district was that she was pro-choice. Lady, I don't care if you're pro-choice. I got a homeless person outside crapping on my front lawn. I don't care if you're pro-choice. You know, like there's garbage all over the streets. You want me to care that you're pro-choice? You haven't done anything to fix these areas. So... GOP needs to make good TikToks and get out there the messaging so Gen Z knows the truth. That's a that's a tight lot. That's a tight rope to rope uh, uh, tight rope to walk. Um, because I feel like politicians when they do TikToks can be very cringy. Like even Noodles when he does it is very cringy. Republicans do it is kind of cringy. Um, it's tough to like to do that. The thing is, you have to culturally, it's not the politician, it's not really up to politicians to do that sort of stuff. It has to be a cultural thing where people kind of gravitate towards what you're talking about, and then those people make TikToks. So that takes a little bit more work to get your message into the culture and into the influencers who are going to talk about this stuff. Um, so, it, you know, talking, having people in cultural positions or celebrities or stuff like that get on your side is a huge win, but having like politicians do it is never, never that great. Um, let's see. Oop, don't want to. If it's purple district, it's winnable already. Yeah, absolutely. That means it's a swing district. So if it's purple, it's, it should be competitive. Uh, your dog's warning you, someone's stealing your car and you're ignoring her. I think it's someone's car out front. So it's very nice of her to bark about someone's, someone else's car. Mark Mauser said it best that we need structure and money. The opportunity to win was there. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something we're definitely going to talk about on Thursday is, you know, has Jessica Patterson warranted still being the chair of the California GOP? Everyone says she's very nice. Everyone says she's such a nice lady. And my whole thing is we don't need nice. We need someone who is ready to go to war and rip people's throats out, right? One of my favorite lines from The Godfather is when Sonny looks at uh, Tom Higgins, if anybody's a big Godfather fan, and he yells at Tom and he says, he says, you know, Jesus Christ, why don't you just listen to me and help me out? And he says, why couldn't I have had a wartime consigliere like Pop did? That's what California needs. We need a wartime consigliere. We need a wartime GOP chairman or woman who is ready to literally go to war and pull out all the stops and try everything. Because right now, Jessica Milan Patterson may be the nicest person in the world, but holding your four congressional seats or winning them back that you lost for election cycle is not something to pop champagne about. So... Yes, they endorsed Phil. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. That was a big deal. Like, because Jessica Blom Patterson actually endorsed uh, Bill Nueva. And everyone's like, oh, my God, the GOP endorsed a Democrat. What's what's the world coming to? 
I remember I talked about that because I was like, do you want this guy or do you want the other guy? Um, do, 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 do. Dems do know how to appeal to emotions. Yeah. Um, I saw uh, Layla on here from Propaganda Fluent. She is very, very good on that stuff. Um, she knows that you have to appeal to emotions. People vote with their gut. So logic doesn't always work. You have to appeal to emotions. You have to make the logical argument. Uh, a person running for public service needs to be serious. Marketing wise, ooh, sorry. Use Reels TikToks for marketing purposes, but not themselves can take some serious dancing to make. Um, well, don't get like, when it comes for politicians, social media is not everything. All right, let's just put that out there. Social media is not everything. I think it's, it's really got to be the influencers who are getting their message out. I'm not a big fan. Like politicians have to be hitting the ground. They have to be knocking on doors and stuff like that. Social media is fine. It doesn't give you an idea of how many people support you. Believe me, there's plenty of, you know, grifter politicians out there who just because they have a hundred thousand followers pretend like they can go run and beat Maxine Waters or somebody else, um, but they have no chance of beating it anyway. Uh, so that you know, social media doesn't do anything. Um, it doesn't really show it, but I think influencers, if you get people, um, listen, you win based on your mustache and you can't trust a dude with no facial hair. I need to get trimmed up. I'm better on the ground than the office. <laughs> um, yeah, the problem with running is that then I can't do this stuff. And I like to I like to talk too much. Fetterman did TikToks. Enough said. Yeah, see, it's it's kind of yeah, it, it's kind of cringy when a lot of politicians shots fired. We all know who I'm talking about when I say there's plenty of grifter politicians with hundred thousand followers, um, so who who think that they can run for office just because they have a big social media following. Um, that's not the case. Running for office is not about building a social media platform. Um, it should be very low on your totem pole. You should be worried about mailers. You should be worried about reaching independence. You should be worried about knocking on doors. All of that stuff. Um, so. Let's see. Fetterman, E. Kinsing. Followers can be bought. They can. Yeah. You can buy them. Believe me. I get those, I get those DMs all the time um, of people like, "Hey, we love your profile. Do you want to grow your platform even more? Just give us fifty dollars, and we'll send fifty thousand people to you, or something. I don't know." But they're not real people. So, for all the people who have like these huge, huge followings that just shot up out of nowhere, most of them are just bots anyway. So. Um, and when people say they're going to like stop following me, I'm like, okay, whatever. I only want people following me who are actually interested in what I have to say. So, um, all right. Any other questions or comments or stuff people want to talk about? Um, are people enjoying the, this is the second one. Are people enjoying the cocktails in, in California politics, um, as opposed to the coffee in California politics? Um, 
we'll see how this goes. I think this is not a bad way to do it. Kind of make up for the coffee in California. I don't want to name, name, name names, but look at Joe Collins and Omar Navarro Financials. Two things I've done. If you go to my YouTube page, you can look up the video on Joe Collins and Omar Navarro, and you can see what has happened with their financials. Okay, so people are saying, yeah, they like the cocktails and California politics. Awesome. Oh, and our favorite, Major Williams, yeah. The the original OG. Um, drink more so we can get you real snarky. Maybe I'll drink on uh, on Thursday's podcast. Thursday's is going to be exciting. I'm really excited for Thursday's. I, I feel like I'm just going to wind up the, the the guests and let them go. I'm just going to sit back and be like, this is, this is a lot of fun. Um, so, and yeah. Thursdays is going to be all about, you know, should we need, do we need new leadership? What's wrong with the California GOP? Um, yeah, we're, I'm not doing shots though. So, all right. So on that note, I'm going to log off for the night. I'm going to finish my tequila, take Winnie out for her last walk of the evening. And then, uh, I'll see you guys all at 8 PM over on YouTube Thursday night. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a fun round table. So everyone make sure you, uh, yeah, have a, have a nice evening, everyone. I'm not doing shots. Uh, you should have to take a shot every time somebody says voter fraud. Oh God. Cause now I'm not going to do that because then the whole chat will just be everyone saying voter fraud. I'm not going to do that. I mean, why would I, why would I give you guys the chance to just go, we're all going to say voter fraud. Anyway, uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, see you Thursday night, 8 PM over on YouTube. And we're going to have that. And then, uh, I guess we'll be back next week with cocktails and California politics at this time, 7:30 on a Tuesday night. So with that, I'll talk to you all later. Night, everybody.